Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of The State of Pro Wrestling. It's the best of pro wrestling for 2023. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and of course the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching everything that we do. And if you're listening on all or any podcast outlet, please give us that magical five star. Just like wrestling, five stars. <laughs> Although now it's just become ridiculous with Dave Meltzer, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and everybody else that's decided to go beyond five stars. And like, you know, what if they did that in movies as far as critical ratings i'm no longer to give this a 10 i think i'm going to give this a 12.75 how about that yes absolutely so it's crazy yeah now that it's beyond five stars it's now six six point seven five seven eight twenty three stars i don't know it just yeah i go by five stars and that that's i'm just that's call me old school call me archaic i just like i ended it at five for me but uh, Hopefully you've had a great year watching pro wrestling. It is, of course, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching this. and truly appreciate it. Big special shout out to all the radio stations that also play our show as well. But here today to talk and discuss the state of pro wrestling as a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and catch every single episode of this awesome show, the PVD cast. It is the master of the PVD cast himself. The guy who has a stranglehold has an iron claw on the PVD cast itself. It is John Orlando. John, great to have you back, my friend. Happy holidays. Wishing you and all the family a blessed 2024 and hoping you will have a blessed year watching the world of professional wrestling in 2024 as well, my friend. Well, I hope your holidays were great as well, and I hope that you enjoyed friends and family. And, uh, you know, we're not that far away from a new year, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking a little bit about some of the predictions that we may have for 2024, as well as recapping some of the the good and the bad in the world of pro wrestling for this past year. Uh, yes. And, and, and a hodgepodge of other things. So I'm very happy to be here. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. I also forgot to mention to you, and I'm going to put it in here in the notes here in a second for you, um, as far as uh, an extra category that we always, we mentioned it, I think, last year, and I forgot to mention it this year, and I'll go ahead and I'll pop that into the DM, so I don't want to give everybody a, a you know, now, a, I'm going to keep it a secret for now, but I'm going okay. to go ahead and pop it in our DM here in a second, but okay. it is the state of pro wrestling. It's our best of pro wrestling. It starts off with the Iron Claw. The Iron Claw released earlier this month in December. The, I guess, uh, the crowd response, the critical response. Crowd response has been right along what's A24 expected. It is not going to become the hit that everything, everywhere, all at once was. Let's just put it out there. But it is going to be something that does okay for them. But the critical response from what I'm seeing and what I'm gauging, I've been watching tons of interviews on this. I've been watching tons of reviews on this. The critical response seems to be good, very good, probably in the top 25 to 30 films seems to be where it lands on most people's lists, right in there. Does not seem to be a movie that's going to get any Oscar 
nominations or love. It's going to be thought of as far as maybe an honorable mention at best in several categories. But again, for a pro wrestling film that people are not pooping on, I think that's a step in the right direction. I do want to go ahead and credit the director for putting out such a movie that that so many people are liking. But the question is, did the guys, as far as the real experts like us, enjoy it? So here today to talk about Sean Durkin's movie. First up, it is John Orlando. You have seen The Iron Claw. I plan to see The Iron Claw in theaters still because I at least owe it that respect as a pro wrestling movie. Your thoughts, my friend, on The Iron Claw. Wow, this is going to be challenging because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. How can you spoil news that has been out there for 30 plus years, my friend? Several Von Eriks have unfortunately passed away. Okay, here's here's my biggest problem with the film. First, I'm going to go out and say that I'm not one of those guys that, that was picky over every little detail that they enhanced for the tale. Uh, I mean, there there are plenty of those. Which would uh, be me because I watched years and years and years. World Class Wrestling was one of my favorite promotions in the day. And I think I'm scared. That's probably why I've been hesitant to see it because I will nitpick it to death as far as Sean. He is actually supposedly a, a big fan of World Class. And for what I've seen from the trailers and the extended footage I've seen, I'm not sure I'm, he's given a great reminder of what world class was well me too i was a huge world class fan as a kid growing up the 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 problem that i have is there to me the lack of talking about chris von eric kind of put a big damper on the movie um i understand and i've read why sean durkin decided not to include his story but i find that to be I feel like it's incomplete. I feel like the tale is incomplete. And and I don't want to be morbid. I don't want to be No, and that's, but that's what Sean Durkin was in, in interviews has said he has tried to avoid. That Chris Von Erich, which was the youngest Von Erich, who took his own life, believe in 91, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Terry took it uh, last in 93. Uh, he was uh, a very small, smaller, not very small. He was smaller for professional wrestling size. Uh, imagine a, a wrestler the size of Rey Mysterio Jr. to give everybody a perspective out there. It probably around his size, his build, but without a lot of the athleticism that unfortunately, you know, he did not have compared to Rey Mysterio Jr. That's why his career was never going to be something that the other Von Erichs, even Mike Von Erich, who did not have a build for professional wrestling himself or an athletic gifts for professional wrestling himself they still made him a uh, almost believable enough wrestler out there i should say keyword is almost but chris von eric his presence was omitted in the film because sean durkin thought it would be too depressing for fans out there because he was looking at it as far as showing his love for the film but he was also looking at it from the standpoint that there's going to be a ton of people who had no knowledge of world-class wrestling watching this film. Well, and, and I would like to throw in there that Chris Von Erich also suffered from broken bone syndrome or brittle yes. bone syndrome as well, yes. which he was constantly injured when he did yes. partake in, in matches. But I, 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 I kind of disagree, Gerald, with, with, with that narrative as I feel like 
I did. I'm just telling you what his. Sure. His yeah. No. 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 I get what you mean. I can't I, say I, I agree with it. I'm not yeah. agreeing with it at all because that doesn't tell. You know, did they talk and discuss about Jack Jr., who was the original Von Erich that died, or Atkinson, who is the real name of of the Von Erichs? Did they talk about him being electrocuted when he was uh, a young boy as well? They. I don't. I'm not sure. You tell me. Well, they do cover that, and that's the thing. Is I'm like you. You took literally maybe two, three minutes of the movie to highlight Jack Jr. And you didn't go in depth. He had an accident. He died. You could have done the same thing with Chris. And and, no. and 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 I understand that Durkin said he didn't want to make it a super long movie. First of all, I don't think the movie was two hours, roughly. Maybe give a couple minutes. You could have gone a couple more minutes. Or there's kind of a scene that I felt was very unnecessary that you could have devoted those couple of minutes to Chris's story and it cut out basically cut out the sex scene i was like there's no point for this this sex scene that's in here does nothing to drive the story it's there and i know people are going to say well john it was there to show that pam kevin's wife was a, a take no prisoners woman back in the late 70s early 80s okay but that had already been established in previous scenes so you didn't really need that you didn't need her her coaxing kevin into a little I don't know, a little, a little fling in the car, if you will. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like, I just feel like that was missing that aside, that aside, I, I grade my movies. Whenever I talk about movies on the PVD cast, I give it a B it's, it's a solid movie. Um, I think it does well for those folks that are not initiated in the, that's what, in that's the what I was going to ask you. Is it better for non wrestling yes. fans yes. than wrestling fans? It's much better for, for non wrestling fans. Yes. That's what I thought. That's mm -hmm. what I thought. That's what I'm going to probably say when I'm coming out of theater, but yeah, I'm going to definitely take a look at it here in the not too distant future. But uh, I, I, that's my main question. I think that people that have not, I think it's better for the uninitiated than the initiated on world-class mm -hmm. professional wrestling. Uh, one of the things though, I wanted to ask you was the, the televangelism because one of their main stations that they were on. Now remember, this was a show that was syndicated around the world, but their main station in Dallas was heavily uh, influenced by Pat Robertson, I believe, uh, owned yeah. the, the television. Yeah, this is stuff I didn't know. And I found out this in the past couple of weeks in regards to doing research for this film. And uh, as far as the beliefs, uh, the Christianity, and I don't want to go as far as religion too much into that realm, because obviously we want to keep this, you know, I've always tried to keep it straight and narrow on the pop culture, but I wanted to hear how much of that is introduced into the film as well. Well, they, they do. Because it wasn't introduced in, or was it in the world-class wrestling product? No, the, the world-class product was on the Christian broadcasting channel, which I did not know this either until a few years ago when I was listening to another podcast that did a big giant retrospective on world-class wrestling that um, any channel, any channel growing up on non-cable, regular television, any channel, any channel that held the 700 club was one of the CBCs, the Christian mm -hmm. Broadcasting Corporation. And so to fill content, world-class signed a contract with them. Um, but, but the product wasn't uh, heavily... No, and, you know, yeah, and that's the thing. As a fan, as a young fan growing up, I saw them bleeding. I saw mm -hmm. them violence. I saw the 
brawling all over the place because the matches in the ring as a world-class product weren't the best. It was when they got the excitement as far as the brawling, the intense action, the feuds, uh, especially during the early to mid-80s. Those were the exemplary reasons why world-class has touched the hearts of so many. Agreed. Um, they, They kind of mentioned that they're on a lot of stadium, a lot of stations, but they tinker with the timeline for ESPN. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. So, uh, well, that's well, but mainly the ESPN was showing reruns of right. theirs. But yeah, it's of their, not presented that way in the movie. Yeah, not presented that way. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't want to say they were running reruns. They were doing some live shows because remember you saw the ESPN banner at the Sportatorium in the latter years of right. of what world class slash USWA. So there was an ESPN presence there live but mainly espn ran the show for years as far as the best of world class yes. was what they were in. that's what yep. it's mainly known for uh but on that but final thoughts on this my friend uh when it comes right down to it you've said it's more for the uninitiated to world class as opposed to world class but uh you said you enjoyed it overall uh, how are the performances in regards to that i mean zach efron is getting a lot of praise even though physically he looks more like carry as far as his build than kevin kevin was uh, uh taller and skinnier i should say uh than what zach efron is and then uh, uh you know i know the other actors in there uh also uh tried to go ahead and emulate themselves the role the david von eric actor he looks much more like the real life david von eric that's that's the one i i uh, thought of the three guys that were mainly part of this that's the one i thought that was most uh, but your thoughts on my friend how uh, the actors do the, the actors um i will say the uh, gentleman i forget his name who played fritz von eric did a very good job i've uh, heard of, that yeah yeah overbearing the, yep. you know a lot of they were you know people were worried that they would uh you know um nice it up for fritz von eric's role but holt mcclain uh, holt mccallany yes uh, Yes. yes, uh he has been thought of in some circles in the supporting actor role, but yes, as far as nominations are concerned. So yeah, I heard he's uh did very well in the role. I think Lily James does a very good job as well as Pam. Oh, that's awesome. That's I, I think she did a great job. Um the one that did the worst job is I don't know who they got to play Ric Flair, but yeah, that's the guy. That's <sighs> the guy everybody's talking <sighs> about. Man, it was not good. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean, um I don't know. Aaron Dean Eisenberg. Yeah, um, he yeah. did not do a very good job. I'm sorry. No disrespect to him, but he just, they, they, that was not Ric Flair. I don't know who that character was, but that was not Ric Flair. But uh, like I said, I, I think closing out with, with the, with the, uh, with my review is I, I think, look, if you're a wrestling fan, go and enjoy it. If you're a world class fan, go and enjoy it. Know that there's going to be subtle changes and large changes. But overall, it does tell a very good story. And I think it does a pretty good job of presenting the emotion and the facts. And so, like I said, I gave it a solid B. I was hoping that it would be an A plus because of being a big fan. But still, I don't think it disappointed me. I didn't leave the theater going, ah, that was just a load of crap. You know, I, I, I still enjoyed it. Well, it's funny because you said Sean Dirk, as I said earlier, Sean Durkin was a fan of, of World Class. But, you know, in the... Uh, first moment I thought, oh my God, it's going to be a different narrative as far as the way it's represented <laughs> on screen. It's when you see in the trailers the first shot of the Von Erichs coming out, 
two and one. If you remember world class, they always came out single file. They were instantly, you know, grabbed mobbed. by the fans. Yeah, yes. mobbed by the fans. There would always be like guys in, in cowboy hats as far as security helping them down the, you know, the aisle, whatnot. But it was really packed, really tight. And it was presented in such a way as far as for more uh, photographic purposes in an incorrect way. But and then I'm just like saying to myself, okay, I got to understand that Sean Durkin is presenting this in a different light to a different audience than for me who watched it every bit. So I, when I go in, I'm going to have to have those expectations on enjoying it for what it is mm-hmm. and also understanding what it isn't. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. It is the state of pro wrestling. It is John Orlando from the PVD cast, our wrestling film connoisseur, so to speak, right there for you. <laughs> Got to go ahead and catch what he's doing each and every time out the PVD cast. I want to go ahead and mention right now, if you have your thoughts on the best of pro wrestling, please let us know in the comments below or let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or PopCultureCosmos anywhere on social media. But it is that time, my friend. We will go into the best of pro wrestling for the next uh, half hour or so before we get into our predictions for pro wrestling, which you said you're very interested in. I have three. I have three I as well. The, yes. So I, I put in, uh, you know, as far as, and I added one late, one late uh candidate candidate as far as it's concerned so that one i'll let you have it the, that one i'll probably put near the end just to let you know the one i added okay. in there. so you to give you some time to think about think about that so i ask you my friend we're going to start off with let's go ahead with best non-wrestling moment of 2023 that did have an impact on the pro wrestling world today um, I'm going to go with a real stretch on this one, but okay. I thought it was such a cool idea. Okay. I'm an owner of it as well. Uh, I'm going to say the, the, the best moment that I could come up with is the midnight express action figures. I'm going to go with that because, <laughs> and I know <laughs> Cornette would be thanking you at this point. In time. Well, but it is a very interesting, I, I'm, I, I collect action figures here and there. I'm not a uh, I'm not a huge like buy every week the newest releases, but um, I, I feel like uh, that was something special because you know it's it's got Bobby it's got Dennis it's got Jim Cornette it's got Stan Lane Bobby unfortunately is no longer with us so the fact to have what will be the last he passed bit... away this year I believe is that yeah correct? Uh, I think it was last year to was be it honest 2022 I okay. think it was 2022 okay time flies and unfortunately that's the case so we remember a great win. Yeah, and I just thought this is going to be the last thing ever. Um, not that I mean, I don't hate the Midnight Express. I wasn't a big giant fan of the Midnight Express. I respect what they've done in the industry, but I was like, you know what? I'm buying it. It made me just from hearing the sales pitch through Cornette's podcast and thinking about it, it made me reach into that wallet and fork over some cash to get the set. And I'm not disappointed. So there you go. There, yeah. There's my response to that category. 
I do want to give special honorable mention to the Iron Claw because mm -hmm. the Iron Claw brings the spotlight on pro wrestling, even though it is a tragedy. Uh, it is presented and portrayed as a tragedy. Uh, it is something that does bring a, from what I've seen, a mostly positive spotlight on professional wrestling. The interviews that have been done with Kevin Von Erich, uh, also swelled John Cena appearing at the premiere. People be, uh, are talking about it left and right as far as in a positive manner. It's not uh, been a disgrace of the industry as far as it's concerned, no matter what the people inside think about it. Uh, it's been something that's been a positive. It's thought of, been thought of, for the most part, very well uh, by most critics. So I see it as a positive for the industry overall, even though it came out of tragedy, mm -hmm. a great tragedy of, of all those deaths. And, and again, we have our problems with the film and issues with the film, but that's disregarded by the fact that, again, uh, respectfully disregarded by the fact that, again, it's been received well by the public at large if that's i i phrased it incorrectly but yes it's been received public and not to disregard anyone's opinion on it but i'm just saying it's it's been it's been received well by the public at large and in fact it's been embraced by both major promotions here in the united states aew with uh, of course mjf appearing as lance von eric uh please uh tell me your thoughts on that off screen as far as mjf <laughs> is concerned okay uh because i that one i have an issue is of casting on the mjf side i'm a huge mjf fan as we both have noted over the course of the years but him playing lance von eric is like the exact polar opposite of a character he should play because that's in reality that lance von eric is the exact polar opposite as a wrestler as he was but i digress uh, the way it was received well by, you know, AEW and WWE, AEW, and, you know, they've, they've now brought on the Von Erics for that, for AEW and Ring of Honor. Kevin Von Erich has made appearances. They've helped promote the film, but so has the WWE. I got mm -hmm. emails from the WWE helping to promote this film. So when you have a film or when you have a subject or when you have an individual or a group a name like the Von Erichs that's been promoted by both companies and supported by both companies. Uh, it is something that, again, has to be seen as a positive for this industry that's had so much darkness, including the Von Erich tragedy. So I just wanted to put that as an honorable mention. Your thoughts on that, my friend, before I give you my big winner in this case. Uh, I, I agree with you 110%. I think that uh, it has made a big impact in it and, and agree with you. It is a positive it's it's shown in a positive light despite the fact that it's a tragic story and yeah. you know the the persistence of kevin and his family to to push on and and whatnot uh yeah i agree with everything that you said last thing on it uh, i should have asked you as far as review were you okay with the fact that there was no influence brought in by kevin von eric kevin von erica was just you know i guess found out uh, and spoke to Sean Durkin a little bit, but yeah, the, basically the story, the you know, pretty much the most of the movie was not influenced as far as you know, as, uh, directly influenced by Kevin Von Erich. Like you don't see Kevin Von Erich on the writing team or executive producing or anything like that. Um, and then also the wrestlers. I know that I've heard the story of how Michael Hayes is upset that the Freebirds were used without his permission. I have not heard Ric Flair's comments, but I would, I'm eager to find that out as far as Ric Flair and his thoughts, especially the way uh, it has been perceived. So have, are you okay with all that? Yes, I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I think that if you had Kevin on, on staff, 
I have a feeling that that would have made things a little bit trickier in terms of writing the script. Um, yeah. So his absence, uh, I think, was a positive for the production, yeah. the artistic production of the film. Okay. Fair enough, my friend. So I give you my winner for the non-wrestling story that involved and, and eventually uh, affected pro wrestling. And that, to me, was TKO purchasing the WWE. Uh, mm -hmm. So now they are a combined entity with uh, the UFC. And uh, $9 billion later, uh, the WWE is no longer a McMahon-owned property per se. Now, obviously, he's still uh, you know, someone who is Vince McMahon, someone who is very, very still high up in the company, uh, just below Ari Emanuel. And obviously, he owns a ton of shares, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he, the, the McMahon dynasty, per se, of the pro wrestling industry for decades and decades leading back to his father and the influence that he had in the industry. It's not there what it once was. And I think that to me is the biggest non pro wrestling news item that is pro wrestling related in some form or fashion, if that makes sense. Well, it makes perfect sense. I, uh, <laughs> I feel maybe like... not to our listeners out there, but yeah, I, I... <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, when, when it happened, we talked on an episode of the state of pro wrestling about, what a monumental shift this was in the industry. And so to, to not pay attention to it, I think is, is erroneous. And I, I just laugh because I feel like I totally overlooked it with, with something that is <laughs> more, more personal to me. More than personal. I yeah, you went with a, I went with a major $9 billion purchase. You went with action figures. My friend. We are true pro wrestling fans. Indeed. My friend. That's yes, no we worries. are. Yes. Once so. again, it is John Orlando for the PVD cast. John, okay, now we get into some better awards that are, I would say, a little bit more appealing, a little bit uh, more enjoyable to think about. Because, you know, when I talked, when I sat down and had to think about all the different non wrestling moments of, of 2023 that impacted pro wrestling, I was kind of difficult. Let me weigh in, let me think about it, which one was, you know, whatnot. Let me go ahead and start off with the tag team of the year, my friend. So who are your who are your two individuals or it could be, you know, a conglomerate like the you know Judgment Day or or, you know, uh, damage control that that work as a unit. Who is your tag team of the year for 2023? Uh, you said it. Judgment Day. I feel like they have had a pretty good run in 2023. They've kept that group interesting by adding in J.D. McDonough. Um, although I'm I'm not a huge fan. Of he is work. the Buddy Roberts of this group. Let's just be honest with you on that. You know what? Good good call. Good call. Absolutely. Um, Let's just be honest. Let's just be out there. He's the one when you don't want the other guys or and Rhea Ripley to do the job. Guess who does it? Yeah. So I I, I feel like they've done a good job of keeping the Judgment Day strong, keeping them fresh. Um, I I would like to see more of. Rhea do kind of her own thing a little bit more, especially when it comes to the women's division. But I think that they overall this year have been the best tag team uh, out there. Um, you know, much better than some of the other spare parts tag teams we've seen, like Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, et cetera, et cetera. I think that they've been more cohesive as a unit. And I like that when it comes to factions or tag teams. So there you go. Uh, excellent choice. My team, because FDR, 
I don't think had as strong of a year this year as they did in 2022. I think AEW, which at one time had and has, you know, if you look at it, several good tag teams. Uh, some of them I think are misused. You know, why you're, you're having the Hardys as low as on the card as you do when you need some sort of name recognition. It's just baffling beyond to me. And, you know, if you have Edge and Christian, you know, we've talked about that story as far as it's concerned. That tag team is, is you know, you you could have them there. Now, they may well be a, a tag team of 2024 when they eventually come back together to go on their final run together, et cetera, et cetera. But you, know, you have tag teams that are known that are not getting the punk kind of pub. FDR, again, as I mentioned, you know, somehow you've managed to go ahead and lessen their value over the course of the year in AEW. Uh, which I think is is kind of discouraging to me. WWE has had some tag teams in and out, uh, but Judgment Day has got to be a high consideration for me as well. But I picked a little bit different out of the box I for WWE. I, I think I'm going with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Hmm, okay. And the reason why was because earlier this year, the storyline and the bloodline storyline, I think needs to get some recognition as far as now the bloodline storyline is kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's not going in the places that it once did. But earlier this year, when it made Sami Zayn a superstar, when it got us talking and really upset about him not winning the world title from Roman Reigns, when it came to the reunification of him and that how that played out between him and Kevin Owens, and then ultimately those two getting the world tag titles together in the WWE, that to me, I think was really important. I mean, they were able to thrive off of that moment at that point in time. And, you know, they just recently teamed up before the end of the year back again uh, here in Canada. So it was nice to see that reunification, but it doesn't look like it's going to continue for any length of time. I want to go ahead and say, I think that those two were at the peak of that bloodline storyline, I think really were able to capitalize on it. And I think they get the slight nod over Judgment Day, but I can't say I blame you for going the way of Judgment Day as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons and visit with one-of-a-kind creators discover incredible places and see historical artifacts whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema planet cool stuff has got you covered planet cool stuff exclusively on jinx esports tv canada well something that you mentioned i i wrote down a lot of those tag teams in aew just out of curiosity and all the ones that i wrote down like the acclaimed like uh ftr had a run then, yeah yeah then they've just been pushed to the side they, they showed up three weeks in a row on tv and then they, they've been gone so yeah. i couldn't consider them they and, were thrown through a, a fake window and then there you go yeah and so i mean it was really tough and that's why i started when i started listing wwe teams you know i, I with respect to zane and owens but i feel like just as you mentioned i kind of disqualified them because i felt like eh, they're not going to stay together this yeah. seems like a short-term run. And I don't blame you. And I just felt that Judgment Day had a overall had a much bigger and longer trek this year uh, of great matches. And so that's why I selected them. All right. Well, you've got your tag team of the year. I think it's an excellent choice as well. Let's go with 
Biggest surprise of the year, my friend. <laughs> Big surprise of the year. I want to hear your thoughts on who the biggest or what was the biggest surprise of the year for you this year. 80,000 in Wembley. Really? That surprised me. I, I I really honestly I did not have eighty one thousand and thirty or whatever the number is. Right, I'll, right. I'll correct you on that. Okay. Will Osprey will show you his tattoo. <laughs> well, I, I I honestly didn't think that they were gonna do it. Uh I'm glad that I was pleasantly wrong on that because wrestling needs that. The, the overall sport of wrestling needs that. But I was very skeptical. I really was that they were going to get, they were going to sell it out. I thought that they might be able to get half that if they were lucky. So for me, that was the big surprise is, is, hey, you know, you did it. You got butts in seats and quite a number of butts in seats. There you go. Absolutely. For them, we have, you know, however many issues we've had with AEW this year, and I will go that into bigger detail in another category. Um, you got to compliment them on that. And yes. the fact that they're following up right now and it's trending towards 60, 70,000 again, uh, paid. The 81,000 is a paid, uh, as far as concerned. Attended, I think, if, depending on who you talk to, actually is around uh, in the low 70s. But again, still remarkable achievement for a, a non WWE entity uh, in London. So, yes, definitely looking forward to seeing what they do to back it up in 2024. But I still have uh, some concerns coming out of it, which I'll describe later on in another category. But we'll go ahead into that in a little bit. But my biggest surprise of the year, L.A. Knight. Uh, yeah. good one. That's a good one. That's a very uh, good one. He could have easily been one of those wrestlers that was let go, sent on future endeavors earlier this year when several wrestlers were laid off. Uh, in and around the the sale of Tiki, you know, TKO purchasing WWE. He could have been one of those affected. His career could have gone that way as a wrestler reaching his 40s who, uh, you know, has never really made it, made it, has had a good gimmick. Uh, he wrestles pretty good. He could talk really well, but he's never given himself 100% the opportunity or never the company is never whatever he's winning with with a whether it's uh, impact whether it's nwa uh, you know who you name it have never really bought into you know sean record aka uh, la knight uh, his whole demeanor they've never caught they've never no company has ever bought into him even when they made him a world champion at global force it just never bought into and sold produced him as a as a bona fide superstar or mega star as per se as he would say this year uh we saw that he may helped make himself you know he came in he was going to be the fodder for uh the late bray wyatt in that lights out match that we saw starting off the royal rumble but to put himself in that category first to get himself started there catapulted him to even better issues coming out of that match. It's one of those situations where you lose, like for instance, Steve Austin and Bret Hart from WrestleMania many years ago. Steve Austin lost, but in the matter that he lost, made him a public face, made him a huge star, and we saw what happened for there. L.A. Knight, he did lose against Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble, but he started to grow. His popularity started to grow. He started to still have that attitude. He kept that attitude, but 
really just started to get people behind him. People were organically, it's the perfect situation, John, where people were organically mm -hmm. starting to cheer this guy. The first time I really thought this guy was going to be something special, that his career was going to go in that fashion, was in Saudi Arabia, where they were chanting L.A. Night, yeah, and he wasn't even on the card in Saudi Arabia. He wasn't even in Saudi Arabia, I don't believe, and they were chanting his name. So that's really when it got going. He, he appeared later, I think, in Washington, D.C. and a couple other places. They started really getting behind him. And the company, much to their chagrin, you could see they were very hesitant on giving him that push, finally started to go ahead and giving him that push he's needed. Now, mind you, do I think they should have continued it even further with a world title run? Yes. Mm -hmm. But they haven't yet to do that. Uh, and now with CM Punk, with a more known entity to them, and also Cody Rhodes, uh, I think that unfortunately, I don't think he'll ever get his chance where he's going to get the title and get a run, a proper run. Uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong. That's And that's not a prediction of 2024. I'm hoping I'm wrong on that. But LA Knight is my biggest surprise of 2023. At this point, I think we may have to admit that the best LA Knight right now can shoot for is a U.S. or intercontinental title run. Yeah, and that's that's to me is disappointing. No, uh, it is, it is. But I think you got to take that skyrocket. You got to take the rocket, mm -hmm. and you got to take it all the way. And they didn't do that. They Correct. didn't do it with Sami Zayn, and so they didn't do it with LA Knight. Correct. Absolutely. But my friend, uh, you know, we've got more to talk about here on the show. The promotion of the year, promotion of the year. Your thoughts on what you think is the best promotion run this entire year? Ooh, this was a tough one. Um, I I went with the WWE. I just stayed tried and true. Um, sure, it's the McDonald's of professional wrestling, if you want to call it that, to use an analogy. I just feel like they've had a lot of momentum. I think the creative has shown some bright spots. Uh, I think moving NXT over to uh, CW here soon is, I think that's going to be a, a big time impact on WWE programming. Uh, so I, I just, I stuck with the tried and true, as I said, the WWE. Okay. There you go. You got two right here. I mean, their numbers were up. Uh, the fact that uh, Paul Levesque, AKA triple H is, and has been under control for most of the entire year with very little interfering from Vince McMahon to what levels. It was actually a little bit maybe in the front part of the year, but actually as as the year grew on, he got gained more and more control. Uh, you can see it in the storylines. A lot of his footprints are all over the place, and this led to a great success, a better success for the company going forward. Mind you, they didn't get the sale and get didn't get the money from SmackDown as far as the new deal that they wanted, uh, but still, the, the numbers are better. Uh, their competition has not, ha you know, been having those same kind of numbers, which we'll go into. But yes, it's got to be the WWE. New Japan, uh, obviously, they're going through some changes there with recent announcements at the top, so you can't you can't give them the ticket. Uh, you could also say MLW for, I don't want to say they won the lawsuit, but uh, they kind of, you know, when they set it out of the court and suddenly found uh, some assets to go ahead and sign some new wrestlers you got to say to yourself okay maybe they had a pretty good year but how long that will last we'll have to wait and see impact uh, tna changing the impact whatever uh you know that obviously if they're in the midst of change that's not bodes well for them nwa 
Uh, they managed to kind of squander a TV deal based off of uh, a cocaine snorting uh, backstage promo or something like that at, at the NWA Sam Hine pay-per-view, which has cost them dearly. So they definitely don't uh, deserve consideration. So yeah, when all it comes down to it, the McDonald's of wrestling, the WWE is the choice to go, my friend. You know, something we also forgot uh, to mention is WWE is going to work with all Japan. Yeah. Like that's that to me also was it could have been a big surprise as well because yeah. one all Japan's kind of been on a downturn over the last few years yeah and now they're pairing up with you know the company so that's going to be great for both of them I think for both WWE and I hear all you. Japan absolutely I always love it when the WWE starts to reach outside and and gain more experience but also gives them a better look at some of the wrestlers that could appear for them. In the upcoming days and stardom has been talked about as well as far as a possible uh, um, organizational cooperation between them and the wwe so definitely looking forward to seeing what's coming up there all right my friend there's more to talk about on today's show the biggest disappointment of 2023 your thoughts my friend on 2023 well um this one is actually somewhat of a situation that began before 2023 but it all came to a head in 2023 mm-hmm. And that is how AEW handled the CM Punk debacle. Um, it's the biggest disappointment. It's the biggest botch. It's the biggest screw up, whatever you want to say. You and I have talked about it many times on this show that both parties are at fault. There, I'm not, I'm not waving the CM Punk flag and say he deserved to do, he should have front face locked him and should have punched him and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that both sides were in the wrong and both sides squandered an opportunity to do something big with, as as Jerry Jarrett used to say, wasn't it that, uh, oh, shoot, um, personal problems create cash or whatever. You know, whatever yeah. the, I can't remember. Now I'm on the spot, I can't remember the, the saying. But they had an opportunity that if they could have... Controversy creates cash. There we go. We'll go with that, Eric Bischoff. All right. Um, <laughs> but... They squandered an opportunity, and even if they didn't want to do business, maybe those parties, you still handle it in a corporate manner. You just can't – again, it boggles my mind how they didn't even handle the situation correctly, and so this was a no-brainer. This was probably the first thing, truth be told, while I was sitting in the airport, and you had sent the message about what we were talking about. I started writing down ideas on my – or typing ideas into my phone. And uh, this was number one, easy, hands down, biggest disappointment, biggest blunder, whatever. Uh, Leading off into that, my friend, my most disappointing of 2023 is how AEW, uh, we were talking about this on a show, on an episode of the State of Pro Wrestling, what AEW can and AEW capitalize on the big, huge 80,000 plus individuals packing all in. Can they take that momentum and drive it forward? And not only did they not take that momentum drive forward, they almost drove it off the cliff. Uh, obviously, you saw what happens with the situation with CM Punk. Now CM Punk is on their largest competitors' uh, TV shows on a weekly basis. Uh, letting that happen and letting that go, I think, is obviously something that they will regret financially moving forward. Uh, that hits the pocketbook hard. I also like the, uh, dislike the fact that uh, they have mishandled the Christian Edge feud instead of putting that first match on public television instead of on a pay-per-view because they don't really don't have any non-MJF storylines outside of that one that really interests people. 
It was absolutely mind-numbingly stupid. So uh, I just think that what they've done and the ratings ratings have reflected that. Now my, they've actually petered off, but for a while they were in a pretty bad state as far as their declining ratings are concerned, coming off of All In. And uh, again, to me, I think that's something they do have a future still in the in of course that what we're going to talk about in sure in our predictions. But yeah, definitely disappointing for AEW their look and their promotion. You with that kind of huge gate, that kind of huge day, they should have taken that and used that as a springboard to greater success. And ultimately, it hasn't been the case. Agreed. I mean, I would have loved to seen a program with Samoa Joe and CM Punk for a few months. Yeah, coming out of that, even though that was supposedly the end of their 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 storyline, I would love to have seen that. I I mean, obviously, you can't help the fact that Adam Cole got injured. I mean, injuries happen, but I would have liked to see continued on with that as you know MJF and Adam Cole as ROH tag champs. Or it, it just to me, I agree with you as well. It was a squandered opportunity, but. I, I'm getting to a point and I don't want to be negative. I don't want to feel this way, but I feel like anytime there's a big buzz surrounding something in AEW, they're just going to fumble it. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. We started with the best in pro wrestling as far as some of what we've seen so far. We've talked about the biggest disappointment of 2023. What is your worst pro wrestler or wrestlers of 2023, my friend? Oh, my. Easy. Grayson Waller. I, I don't I don't get Grayson Waller. I don't understand what his character is supposed to be. I, I, I just don't get it. And I think he's awful in the ring. His talk show is abysmal. I just don't get it. I don't know what it's not like he's uh, a huge, you know, six, eight jacked like Batista type of dude. And supposedly he worked for a couple of years in Australia in the Indies down in Australia. But I just I don't get it. I don't see the fascination with Grayson Waller at all. Well, I see it like some of the wrestlers that were recently let go this year in regards to or left the organization like Lacey Evans, Elias, Hit Row, some of those guys uh, were very much uh, much maligned as far as mm -hmm. is concerned. There, there's, there's a lot of below average wrestlers that have appeared on WWE television that a lot of them were let go. And WWE has been smart about those who are just not advancing or succeeding or catching on with the fans in such a form or fashion. Some of it may be because of, of the way they are, as far as they're at, you know, just whatever they bring, or some of it's the way that as far as the direction that the company gives for them, whatever doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Uh, we've all talked about Bar uh, Baron Corbin. We thought we were, I was going to have to name this the annual Baron Corbin award, but he's actually done okay in NXT because he's found new life in there. Basically the last step before you're out the door. So he's found new life there. I'd probably say carrying cross. Cause oh, do you yeah. actually care about carrying cross? I don't. 
And I think that's what matters to me the most. And I, I'm sorry to say this. I don't even care about Scarlet. And I think yeah. that there you have the opportunity as, as a very attractive woman to, to garner more attention, but I, I don't pay attention to either one of them, the way that they've been booked, the way the character has been developed or not developed. It, 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 it soured me on him. Match of the year, my friend, the best match Ooh. that appeared. And this was actually in the state of pro wrestling. This was actually a really good year for pro wrestling matches. I think as far as maybe not the best, it's not 1989, but it's still like it was one of the best years for video games. It's one of the best years for pro wrestling matches. I thought that when the WWE can showcase out their several four star plus matches, I think that's a great year because the fact is AEW always has one thing. We might malign AEW for a lot of things, but they do have a lot of great wrestling matches on television, free and also on pay-per-view. Uh, New Japan, All Japan, those great organizations have their share of five-plus star matches. Will Ospreay was just tremendous all over the place. Triple A also had its share of good matches as well. But what is your best match of 2023? Well, before I reveal that, I would like to just mention that I went with the mindset that I had to have watched the match. You know, I didn't want to select it based on oh, a couple of clips I saw or whatnot. Yeah, I've not seen all the the entirety of uh, Will Osprey matches in Correct. Japan. Right. So that, I, that's otherwise, a prime that example. might change my mind. Yeah, that's a prime example of what I was meaning. But that still, when you eliminated that, there was a lot of matches. And I went with this one because I felt in an era where you where people do not have any psychology where storylines are not told or excuse me or stories are not told in the ring that this was an extremely great example of a story being told in the ring and that is Gunther versus the Miz at Survivor Series I really, really think that was yes. That, I, I did not think that Gunther match would be the one that you would be talking about. Wow. I, I just because as I watched it, Gerald, I was like, this is a story that I am following. The Miz, the guy that's not supposed to be there, because he was nothing more than a than a, a, a reality show star. And he's worked his way and he's won titles. He still feels disrespected. And he's going against the ring general, the guy that's been the unstoppable force. How is Miz even going to be able to have a shadow of a chance of beating him? I was invested in this match. I, I really, really felt like it told such a great story in, an, in a time when we sometimes don't get that. Uh, Gunther's had some incredible matches. I really thought you were going to lean towards my second match of the year. Uh, it was the number two match as far as at WrestleMania uh, with him, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. I really thought that was a very hard-hitting match, uh, just as good as Clash at the Castle uh, between Gunther and Sheamus. But my best match of the year is whether or not the people out there have a tendency to believe it or not, MJF and Brian Danielson. They had a 60-minute Iron Man match. Uh, it was truly a, you know, incredible to see MJF, who's been much uh, speculated on as far as people saying, well, can't he give you the classic matches that you need as a world champion. You, he's great on the stick, but can he give you what you need? Can he build his body up? Can he get in the type of shape that's needed? Well, he did. He did everything that you've asked him for. Uh, unfortunately, AEW has not provided him with the best of, of surrounding talent and or booking around him. But be that as it may, 
I think he's still able to go ahead and thrive. And I think one of the reasons why was uh, his incredible matches uh, that he had over the course of the past year. And the best of the best was a 60-minute Ironman match against Brian Danielson. The way, the creative way they used Tafars to finish the match, the fact it was still on the fact that uh, the the way that he was able to predict and tell you how he was going to win his matches and then end up winning when he was doing that shtick, that was absolutely just fantastic how he was still able they were able to go ahead and create storyline matches so that you know it ended up being the way he exactly the way he he had forecasted it but you know it's just a truly tremendous match and uh that's probably my best of the year for 2023 and i think that match also uh highlighted the fact that we can just stop with uh he's not very good in the ring yeah i think that 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 squashed that um which i i've always thought he's been very good in the ring so i was never a believer of that but yeah, those just two, like those... Miz, just like Miz, uh, probably squashed that as far as working with Gunther. If you get the right dance partner for some yeah. of these guys, that's uh, that's all it takes. Yep, absolutely. Who is your rising star of 2023? Well, um, I went with somebody that I've actually met, I've actually spoken to as I've worked a couple of independent shows with this individual mm-hmm. and uh, got signed by. Uh, AEW to work Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And I think she's had some really good showings uh, against people like Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Athena. Um, still a very young competitor, but I think the uh, rising star is Billy Starks. Okay. Excellent choice. There you go. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing where her career is going to mm-hmm. end up. Uh, she's now in consideration at this point in time when we're talking for what the AEW women's television title, I guess is what they've uh, introduced that there are several individual ladies out there that are going to be vying for it. So is it, yes. is it AEW or ROH? I think it's ROH. ROH. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's the, yes, you're right. ROH television title. Yes. You're right on that. The women's version of it. So yes, hopefully she'll become successful for that. And obviously wishing her career the best going forward, but my individual wrestler of the year as far as the wrestler that has the most promise the shining star of 2023 the rising star of 2023 is an individual that aew should have signed uh that is looking like an individual that will sign with the wwe and that is gilia <gasps> yeah yes. and i believe that's the way it's pronounced i always mispronounce it when i'm talking about it uh off off camera uh, but she has had some incredible matches. She is a rising star. She is on the radar of most major promotions around the world. Uh, her time uh, in Japan, uh, incredible as far as what she's been able to produce. And she reminds me of a star that that has it coming from Japan, like we're seeing with EO Sky, like we're seeing uh, with, of course, Asuka, who seems to have led this whole entire contingent from japan as far as ladies who have that it factor coming over and succeeding in america uh hana kamura who unfortunately tragically took her life i thought she had that it factor and i thought she was if she had stayed in the industry she would have really gone to really high places i see that same for gilia going forward as well and it's rumored that she will be that she's leaning as we head into the new year towards a time uh towards a contract with the wwe and she is my uh, female wrestler of the year, by the way. I'm going to oh, let the cat out of the bat. Just uh, because, yeah, yeah, I love 
the fact that she fights that strong style but can also wrestle other styles as well Uh, the promos have been great even though she she seems to not have a full grasp of the english language but still was great um and likewise i've read where the wwe has kept an eye on her and that that kind of you know wwe doesn't sign you know schlubs you know most yeah. of the time so especially if they're going to go to another country she is the type of woman that can transform the aew roster and i think it's a, a serious mistake that tony khan is not going to go ahead and sign her away well smart for her because there's already what 35 women on the roster as it is and but you don't have any of that stat tony storm is a nice gimmick as far as it's concerned oh, yeah. but uh, i just it's not transcending the division like uh, a great women's wrestler can uh, and you have several that are on the wwe roster already and so uh you know if that's the case and she does end up going to wwe uh, they're getting themselves a great wrestler she's performed well for stardom and uh, mm-hmm. like you said it's your woman wrestler of the year which brings us to our wrestlers of the year so you started off with gilia and how impressive she has been she is your choice for woman of the year so who is your male wrestler of the year Uh, i'm gonna go with seth rollins because i feel like he's had some really solid matches um the back injury again i feel like that back injury is inflated a little bit i'm sure that he's probably probably got a little bit of a of a hitch in his wagon as they say but they're playing it up he does a great job with it um i think that uh he's just overall been the best in the best solo male performer he has been the steady for them yes he and gunther have been the steadies for them as far as the entire year Uh, i cannot disagree with you on that my friend so seth rollins and as i mentioned gilia as my two uh wrestlers of the year my male wrestler and female wrestler of the year my female wrestler is rhea ripley i know rhea Mm -hmm. ripley is a safe pick uh Mm -hmm. but her work with uh judgment day and narrowly gets it out over EO Sky, who has performed tremendously as the other women's uh, champion for the WWE. I think she brings and gives Judgment Day another level that the guys in Judgment Day don't give you, especially as far as uh, from a charisma standpoint. It's her and Dominic Mysterio. When it all comes down to it, my wrestler, even though he's with a company that still doesn't know how to book around him yet, but he has done virtually everything that we asked years ago when you and I first started talking about this guy's promise and what we thought they should make him a champion, make him a champion, make him a champion. Well, they made him a champion and he's embraced it because MJF still makes things interesting with the way his persona is his uh, interviews and the fact that he did what he needed to do to build up his physique and also create matches out there that can interest and keep audiences. He has held up his end of the bargain. It's up to AEW in the next year to hold up theirs. Agreed. Well, my friend, uh, we've got more to talk about in the year ahead. We've still got, we've already actually made plans around as far as some themes that <laughs> or upcoming shows here as far as the first part of next year but any last thoughts my friend on a year gone by in 2023 before we head on out uh there were some ups there were some downs and i'm pretty optimistic that 2024 is going to give us some great wrestling action just watch what you like to watch and enjoy pro wrestling folks all i will say is this a future without a mcmahon owned wwe will be a strange year indeed.
<laughs> so for John Orlando from the PBD cast, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. It's the state of pro wrestling. Hopefully you will catch all of our shows, plus everything that we do at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course the PBD cast and the Lakers Fast Break. Looking forward to catching you next time. We've already tapped out for this time. We'll go ahead and make sure we tag back in for the state of pro wrestling. Thanks so much for joining us and have yourself a great